I want to be strong, to have the flexibility and confidence to play soccer with my kids or volleyball on the beach. I want to feel energetic and spontaneous with my husband. I want my body to feel the freedom to move and enjoy life, to hike Yosemite, surf in Hawaii, bike to the beach, to have fun with friends and not be limited. I want to do things that love my body, to feel and experience all the sensations of life. I want my body to be a force in nature that overcomes difficulty and resistance. I believe in health and wellness and daily consistent exercise. Do you have a hard time staying consistent with strength training? Do you need a balanced schedule and some accountability? Join my monthly strength program of 15 minutes a day, four days a week. Sign up on my website at balancedbybeth.com. TJ Teams leads Enneagram workshops with the purpose of personal growth. She helps people explore and embrace their individual uniqueness and find meaningful, authentic connection in their relationships. Today, we will be discussing the Enneagram in two parts. Part one will describe the Enneagram, what it is, why it's helpful, how to discover your number. Part two will dive deeper into stances and relational health. I'm thrilled to be joined today with TJ. Welcome, TJ. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you in the studio today. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yes, and I'm currently taking one of your workshops and really enjoying it. So I'm thrilled to be able to interview you and introduce my listeners to the Enneagram and how it can help us in personal growth and health. So tell us about your journey to the Enneagram. Um, I heard of the Enneagram maybe about seven or eight years ago from a friend, and um, I have a background in counseling and always loved group work, just loving that, the interaction of a group and how you can see yourself in a different way when you're in a safe, small, consistent group that you can trust. And when I learned about the Enneagram, it just fit into that model so well to me. Um, There's no reason to learn about the Enneagram unless you want to grow. Like to find out your number is sort of pointless. The whole point is for personal growth. And that's my passion. And so for me, the Enneagram is a way to access. There's just, it's a built-in framework that's accessible to step into growth um, if you're willing to do that. So um, I learned about it then and then have been um, incorporated into my life personally and seen the benefits in my relationships and in my own personal growth. And then the last few years have really been studying it more intensely and started teaching it for the past year. And um, it's just, I love, I fall more in love with it because there's more depth. There's always more to learn. There's always more to understand and, and new ways to apply it. That's great. So what is it? How would you describe the Enneagram? Um, It's considered a wisdom tradition. So um, its history goes back like 2,000 years. It was originally an oral tradition. You see it in different parts of the world, elements of it, in different groups, in Sufis uh, tradition, in um, Christian tradition, uh, Judaism. Like you just see it in different places. There's... um, It's been um, incorporated, especially in the United States, about in the 1960s is when it really kind of hit the sort of um, uh, psychological community and wellness. It's also in 
uh, incorporated in a lot of spiritual communities. But it is a way, for, like I said, for personal growth. There is so much wisdom in it. There's nothing magical about it. It's not like your horoscope or, you know, any of these other things. But there's just wisdom. There's truth in there that if you interact with it, um, it will really resonate, likely, for you. Um, so it's a tool, ultimately. It's a tool that has a lot of wisdom to offer. So That's great. So if someone's listening and would mm-hmm. like to see just a diagram of what it is, could we give them maybe a visual? Do you have a website yeah. that just right off the bat you we know, could say? Uh, my favorite, there's a million, there's so much content out right now with the Enneagram, but my favorite website is um, the EnneagramInstitute.com, um, uh, done by Rizzo and Hudson, and they're just foundational um, uh, researchers and uh, with the Enneagram, and that there's so much content on that website. It's so much good, solid information. Um, Enya means nine, and gram means picture or drawing. So it's just a, a simple name for a drawing with nine points. And um, But that website is a really great place to start. That's great. Yeah, that's a great tool. So can you describe each number? Sure. Um, so unlike... Uh, some personality profiles, um, some of them you kind of focus on your strengths. And Enneagram does that too, but it also kind of focuses on your struggle. And um, that's why it's great for growth. But if you enter into it, it's because you're like, okay, I want to grow. I'm, I can handle this. I'm ready to, you know, get down and dirty and maybe hear something that might be hard to hear. Um So going around the circle, we'll start with the one, which is the perfectionist or the reformer. And um, my friends who are ones don't like the word perfectionist (laughs) because it can feel a little intense. Um, But they reform. And what that means is um, they see the world. um, Well, first, I should say each number um, explains the way we see the world. So also recognizing that you and I see the world differently and that can make our relationship difficult, and it can also be beautiful because I can see the world through your eyes and you can see the world through my eyes. So it's um, understanding those differences in each other. So um, the one sees the world with eyes of desiring to reform. So they see things that other people don't see. I have a good friend who's a yoga teacher who's a one, and she can reform the heck out of my down dog or my you know, any of the stuff that I just wouldn't even see. And that makes her great at what she does. And um, I have another friend who's an interior designer who's a one, and she sees things that that I would never see, you know, details to make things good. So with all numbers, that's the strength is also our weakness. So when we carry that desire to reform into our relationships, you can see how that could be painful. It could feel like criticism or judgment. And um, so for each of us, wherever we are, seeing like where is the way I see the world an asset and where has it gone bad? Yeah. <laughs> um, so the two is the helper. And um, their desire is, is to help. And so the way they see the world, they have a really um, intuitive way of recognizing the needs of others and noticing where others need help and that can be beautiful because they're noticing that maybe in a person that no one else is noticing that in that person's life and so they can help people feel seen and known Um, 
but yet where that goes south is um, in their own pride of feeling like, oh, you know, I'm I'm the God's gift to the universe. I'm going to help everyone, um, and maybe someone doesn't want help. And um, the challenge for the two is to be able to ask for help for themselves, and can I have the humility to do that? Um, and that can be a that can be hard. Uh, I'm a two myself, and that's in my own personal growth. I'm working on that. Can I ask for help? Can I, you know, humble myself and um, so that's the two. The three is the achiever. And so they are driven to succeed and to do well at, at everything they do. Um, they're very uh, image conscious. And um, they usually do things very well. They're, they have a nice, like, sort of social savvy, political savvy. They um they can read a room pretty well, and um, that success and achievement is very important to them. Um, where that goes south <laughs> is when that becomes a priority over um, relationships, um, when that desire to achieve is so strong that they're willing to um, be false or deceitful about that successful image because. They're just, at all costs, I will be successful. So there's that temptation to be false or deceitful. Um, the four is the individualist or the romantic, the artist. Um, and the four tends to feel things very deeply. They have a very rich internal life. And the beautiful thing um, that I love about fours is you can tell them anything. And they're they're okay with not needing to fix it. They're okay with sitting in um, sadness. And that's a beautiful gift for a lot of people to have a four in their life. Um, so for the four, um, because they're sort of comfortable in that melancholy place, um, it can be hard to come outside of that and, um, and be okay with that sort of contented, ways of the world and um, find their place what's important to them is kind of the one of their names is the individualist is that individuality being being seen um, a lot of times you see being seen as special but I think with a four sometimes it's just being known for the unique contributions that they have to make and um, I think for a lot of fours they look out and they see that um, it just never really is quite what they want and so the downfall of the four is that envy of that feeling like, oh, well, you know, that person over there has that contentment or that they're being seen and recognized for their uniqueness and, and I'm not. So it can turn into this sort of chronic dissatisfaction or even envy. Um, the five is the investigator or the observer. And... Um, these are our real head types or thinking types. They, they observe the world and they uh, want to have a complete understanding of, of their world. And you might see this, you know, just in a specific area in someone's life who's a five or, or across the board. So just their ability to, to see and to understand um, is really fascinating to me because it's so different from the way I think in some ways, which is what I love about the numbers. But um, 
that can be great. And you think of certain jobs where, you know, you want your doctor to have a complete understanding of everything that's going on or, you know, that you can see that in many other fields. But where that goes wrong is um, when the five, um, their downfall is called avarice, which would be like a kind of a greedy hoarding, um, hoarding of information or hoarding of privacy or time alone or um, whatever it is that they're trying to pull inside to feel safe and to feel okay. And so the challenge for the five is, can I um, maybe not have full understanding of this situation and step into it anyway? And the, and that, the feelings of sort of insecurity or unknowing that that brings, can I do that and step out? And sometimes that's um, with work and a lot of times for fives that's in relationships and just entering in when I don't have you know the full understanding of what's going on. Um, the six is the loyalist or the questioner. Um, sixes are very loyal. They're, um, their people are very important to them. They also um, ask a lot of questions to feel secure in their environment. Kind of similarly, the way the five gathers information to feel secure in their environment, the six will ask questions. Um, security is very important to them, and they're sort of uh, always scanning their environment, like, are we safe? What's going on? They say that sixes um, are the most commonly seen number, and I think that's to keep us alive because a lot of the rest of us aren't noticing those things um, that are important. So the six six is noticing, and they're, they're taking care of us. Um, the downfall of the sixes is when that, um, that noticing and the questioning just can spin into anxiety and spin into fear and um, being being sort of um, at high alert at all times and worried is this going to happen you know are my people safe is this you know and uh, always analyzing their environment and that's a lot to bear you know for a six so um, the challenge is using that gift you know for their community without letting it uh, overtake them into anxiety and fear um, the seven is the enthusiast or the adventurer. And um, I realized when I was studying this, I have a lot of sevens in my life. And, um, and I love that. Like, they bring the party a lot of times, the next big, you know, vacation or fun idea or new adventure. I find that the sevens in my life are pushing me to like, you should do that, you should do that. Um, because of just their openness and their excitement with adventure. Um, uh, the downfall of the seven is, um, it's called gluttony and it's not where we typically think of like eating a lot of food, but just that, that desire for more and more. And, and with gluttony, it's like that more that doesn't quite satisfy. Like I want to plan this great trip and the trip's halfway over and I'm kind of done with the trip and I want to know what's the next, you know, what's the next thing when I get home and, um, and so what can be hard for sevens is uh, sitting in pain or even the ordinary. It doesn't necessarily have to be pain, but can I see this, this thing that was once exciting? Now I'm halfway through and it's kind of boring, but can I see it through all the way to the end? Um, 
and not having this sort of antsy urge to move on and, and fill the space. Um, so that's the seven. And the eight is the challenger or the asserter. Um, the eight, uh, a lot of times are in leadership. I mean, obviously any of these numbers could be in leadership, but they're, they're very forward thinking. They're strong. They, um, they really value strength, which you can see is awesome, except when it, are they able to be weak? Are they able to be vulnerable? Um, so that can be a challenge for the eights. Um, but they have a great energy. A lot of times they're, um, they're advocates for the underdog. They don't see limits in life, which can be great. My, uh, my husband's an eight, and I think the only reason I actually went to graduate school is because he saw no limits for me of the limits I saw of money and time and, you know, all of that while working. And, um, and so they can be real advocates for us. Um, so they have the downfall is called lust. And so that idea of just, um, wanting more and not just more, but like the best of everything and just, um, that driving passion, which like I said, can be good, but then can we stop? Can we be still? Can we be weak? Can we be vulnerable? You know, can we accept the limits that life has even on our own bodies? You know, you do have to go to sleep at night. You do, you can't work a hundred hours a week, you know, like whatever it is. And every eight has their thing, you know, that's driving them. But, um, but being at peace with those things, um, that's where the growth happens. So the nine, we're back up at the top, is the peacemaker. And um, they say the nine sits at the top of the Enneagram because the nine can look down and kind of see everybody. And uh, the gift of the nine is they can see the world um, kind of from all angles. Um, They're great negotiators in that way, great um, mediators. Nines are fun to be with. They tend to be pretty chill and welcoming. I I don't know that I've ever felt judged by a nine because they're just, um, there's just kind of a contentment or a peace about them. Now I've talked to several nines and they say, well, that's just externally inside, you know, I've got crazy anxiety or whatever, but on the outside, um, they do bring a peace, um, that is very refreshing. Uh, because they're able to see um, both sides of things, it can be really hard for nines to make decisions. Their downfall is uh, sometimes you'll see sloth, sometimes you'll see avoidance, which I really like avoidance better because um, the nines that I know are not lazy people. They're they're doing a lot of things, but they are avoiding the things that they should be doing. So um, it can just take uh, a lot of energy for the nine to kind of get on track and and do the thing that they need to do because they love that peace and they love that contentment doing something that's really hard is disruptive or having a hard conversation with a friend that might be full of conflict I would much rather avoid that because that disrupts this sort of peace and contentment um, that they're trying to maintain at all costs so that's just a really, really tiny brief overview. There's so, so much depth to all of these, but that's just a little touch point.
Thank you. Mm-hmm. That is, I love your language and how you describe each Enneagram type. I think you clearly have studied this for a very long time. And I just like how gentle you are with each number. It just makes me feel so compassionate because <laughs> I know people in all Enneagram mm-hmm. types. And I really just enjoy listening to you and how you describe because mm-hmm. it just makes me love them more. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I do love about the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. So I first heard of the Enneagram about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of see, you know, there's it's so rich. Mm-hmm. And even as you were describing, I can say, oh, yeah, I could see how maybe I'm a this number, or that number, and that mm-hmm. number. It's almost like, I, you know, you feel like you could probably relate Uh, to each number Mm -hmm. so if people are listening and feel like oh I'm a little two I'm a little four I'm a little five I'm a little nine I'm a little eight Mm -hmm. how in your um, just helping people discover their numbers what's your best idea for them I mean how do you Mm -hmm. help people what are your suggestions to explore this for themselves yeah well I will say um it's worth the effort because <laughs> yeah. it's not like, you know, you go online, you take a test, you're like, I'm a four. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do that, but just knowing that um, tests online are only as accurate as we are self-aware. And all of us like to say, oh, I'm a, I'm like that, right? Or, you know, and it's more like we tend to be more aspirational, like I want to be like that. So I'm just going to say that's who I am. And, um, in terms of Enneagram work, that's not helpful at all because we want to get to the truth. So the thing that can take a little time with the Enneagram, or the reason it takes a little time, is the Enneagram is not about our behavior, but it's about our motivation. So um, you might say, oh, well, I, I'm a helper. I'm always, you know, volunteering, doing this or that, and I'm always, you know, taking muffins to my neighbor and, you know, helping whatever you're doing. Um, But I have a good friend who is a seven and she thought she was a helper because she's helping, helping, helping. And then realizing through greater work and effort and sort of a group interaction of kind of us speaking into each other's lives and um, listening to each other well, realizing that her helping was just um, a way to avoid pain and realizing, oh gosh, I'm a seven, I'm not a two. So uh, resisting the urge to look at behavior because we can have the same behaviors, but our motivation is different. So Enneagram Institute's a great place just to start reading. Um, There are a ton of books out there. If you're uh, really just wanting to start at the the basics, there's a great book called um, The Enneagram Made Easy. It's a lot of drawings and bullet points nice. <laughs> It can be just like, <laughs> yeah. just to get in there because um, the real like sort of solid um, books that have a lot of just the, the history and the wisdom are so great maybe later, but initially can feel overwhelming. Um, there are a lot of great podcasts. Anything by Suzanne Stabile is amazing. She did a, a whole with Ian Cron on The Road Back to You. That's a great place to start. And I think um, what's really important if you're going to enter into this journey is to come in with an openness and a humility. Um, 
so coming in, there's a tendency to hear the numbers and be like, oh, I like that one. Mm-hmm. That's me. You know, I want to be the cool number. Uh, there's no cool number. There's no like better number. Like we're all bringing something beautiful to the table and we all have a piece of junk that we wrestle with. So um, really the best thing you can do for yourself is really coming in with that humility because when you really find your true number, then you can really in your growth um, be your best self. And, and we need your view, you know, everyone's view of the world. We need that and in its sort of um, purest form. So mm-hmm. that's why it's worth the effort. So That's great. How has discovering your number helped you in your own personal growth? Um, a lot. <laughs> I think um, because as a two, my downfall's pride, it, uh, it took a lot of humility for me to really recognize, you know, because I just thought, oh, I'm self-aware, you know, I'm, I'm working in the therapeutic community, like I, I, you know, I know what's going on, but the Enneagram really, you know, just had my number, like no pun intended. It just really just cut, cut through a lot of stuff for me. Um, and in my marriage and realizing like, oh, that's why, you know, mm-hmm. that's why you're approaching the situation that way. And I'm approaching it this way. And really, for me, recognizing the behaviors that I was doing um, for self-protection and how self-protection is natural for all of us, but it really hinders intimacy. It really hinders, like, true, authentic relationship. And so, again, with that humility, I mean, that's like, you know, that's my, I need that on a flag or something. (laughs) Like... Like, you can never go wrong by, you know, that going down that road. But, um, but yeah, it's really given me eyes. And now that my kids are getting older, really seeing how it affects my parenting. And, um, and like you said earlier, that compassion. I mean, that, that's been huge for me in studying the Enneagram. As, as humans, we naturally just look at everybody else and assume that they see the world the same way we do. And we say things like, I would never do that, or I can't believe he did that. And that's because everyone's looking at the world differently. And so it's, it's given me a lot of compassion. And not to excuse bad behavior, but it gives you at least some compassion to say, oh, okay, I bet, you know, they're trying to work through their stuff or... They're doing that because peace is super important to them. So, of course, they're not going to want to have a hard conversation with me or, you know, or whatever it is. And um, it just really takes the pressure off, I think. And it's, it's helped me a ton. Yeah, me too. I It took me a while to figure out what number I was. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe a year or two. I mm-hmm. just talking to friends, asking uh, you know, do you see this in me? Yeah. Um, and then come to find out I'm a three. And then when I started studying it more and more, it just, oh, it just it makes me feel, uh, I, yeah, it like cuts to the core of my being. Mm-hmm. And to have something see me so clearly is right. very um, nerve-wracking, <laughs> you know, that there, yeah. that, that is... Because, you know, some of these things we keep inside, we keep them inside for a reason. And right. then when they're exposed, uh, it makes you have to deal with it. 
Oh yeah, for yeah. Sure. So one thing with the three is we're not super connected to our emotions. Mm-hmm. So that's been my journey um, is trying to connect to my emotions. But then when I do, I'm not super successful or efficient, or they really slow me down. Yeah. Um, and so that's what can be frustrating as a oh, three yeah. is wow, actually. I was functioning in the world just fine, <laughs> keeping my emotions down, and I got things done. And right, and right. now that I'm really listening to them, um, mm. I'm a lot slower. Yeah, yeah. But that's the work I need to do. Yeah. And um, and then also realizing uh, just that I can lie to myself mm. and others. Yeah. Just and right. and that uh, realization. You know, you think, oh, um, not like big lies, but just mm-hmm. little lies yeah. and not being able to understand what I'm really feeling. Um, so that has been really helpful for me with yeah. the Enneagram. It's great. Yeah. So this podcast is about health. And um, how do you feel like understanding the Enneagram can move us in health? just with ourselves. I Mm -hmm. feel like a lot of us know what we should be doing Mm -hmm. to be healthy. Maybe we know we should be exercising or we know Mm -hmm. we should, you know, uh, talk to that person about, you know, that they hurt our feelings or Mm -hmm. just things that might restore health Mm -hmm. for us. How do you feel like understanding the Enneagram can move us towards that kind of health? Well, I think, um, you know, like I know uh, physical health is really important to you, and I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I've been working on that. But, I mean, I think like in physical health, you're like, okay, I'm going to, you know, run two miles, or I'm going to, now I'm going to run three miles, or whatever you are, I'm going to do five push-ups, or whatever. You have these sort of goals, and... Um, and I think that's where the Enneagram can help sort of that internal growth that's kind of less tangible, you know. And so I think um, a great starting place, and I, I really, with the Enneagram, I want to get away from our typical nature with the way we handle food or exercise of like, I'm not going to do this and I'm going to do this, you know, five steps to a whole me or whatever mm-hmm. this thing is. Um, this is like our soul and our heart and our mind and our bodies sort of all in, holistically integrated. And so um, starting with just observing ourselves in a non-judgmental way. And, um, and if you can start there, that can take a lot of courage in itself and just noticing Um, Like you were saying, noticing those feelings, and they're going to slow you down. You know you're not going to be able to get through your gigantic checklist as a three, which you're so good at doing. But stopping and saying, okay, these other things are important too. Can I observe myself? And um, I know shame is so easy. Like if you're watching your calories and you're like, oh, I just had half a chocolate cake. Like shame, shame, shame on myself, you know. Um, But getting... Uh, away from that mindset I mean in all areas ultimately would be great Um, but with the Enneagram just noticing um, and so when we learn about our number um, like for me I'm just noticing like oh I just uh, texted three friends to see how they were doing what's what's going on like 
am I really interested in my friends or am I feeling sad and want to talk to someone and I, I have too much pride to say that, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the kind of stuff that um, the Enneagram can gently lead us to. Can I notice like what you're saying with, um, with deception for the three, like, well, what's the truth? Like, sure it's not about right and wrong like did that little comment does it matter did it hurt anybody like it's not about that but in terms of our wholeness and our growth like oh what why did i do that you know why did i say that sort of half truth what's what's going on in me and and in our class right now we're talking about um, noticing our thinking our feeling and our doing and for some of us the doing is out of the gate super easy or the thinking or the feeling and we want to stay in that that part that's that's strongest for us or comes the most easily but can we stop can we observe the other parts as well and just notice what's going on in us and honestly if that's as far as we get there's a lot of growth that can be done just in that and say you go for a year and you're like I don't know if I'm a one or a six I just you know I'm back and forth like start observing yourself you know learning about those those numbers and um and notice your motivations for things and why you know wow i got really angry about that what what's going on you know what and just observing yourself or how i'm super defensive whenever i'm with this person what's going on there and our tendency is to be like well it's because you know to justify or to blame or to defend but can we have sort of the humility and the, you know, the the courage to just stop and ask ourselves? And that's why you brought up community earlier. That's why this is great to do, you know, with a partner or with a, a small group or a place where you can process because mm-hmm. um, other people can be mirrors to us, you know, people that we trust. And it can be really helpful in this whole process. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for explaining the Enneagram and just helping us understand what it is and do appreciate that was a very brief summary and just want to encourage people to look closer and try to, it's a journey. Mm -hmm. I think this is absolutely a journey. Mm -hmm. And uh, like you, I feel, um, you know, the online tests and things, it can maybe help, but Mm -hmm. you're right. If you're not super honest with yourself you can deter the results pretty easily right so yeah i just want to encourage um the listeners to go to enneagraminstitute.com and look a little bit more and we're going to do a part two about stances great balance by beth is a podcast to inspire women to live strong The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personal medical advice. 